beef lock and power wash simulator. This is staying in. Okay. Don't worry, I've sorted it, lads. I've sorted it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what have you sorted? I've streamlined the way yeah. in which we can do podcasts moving forwards. <sighs> what is this? Sweet. This is show 175. Chat GBT. You're absolutely right, Dan. Oh, no. No, don't. Now, hear me out. You just, you okay. just sent us an email. I've just sent you an email. Don't open it just now. Okay. I, I, I have idle curiosity. I've become a little bit obsessed with AI at the moment. Just, I'm okay, curious. Just, fe just feeding about, the beast, whatever, yeah. Curious about this. Well, <clears throat> I'm trying to wield it, Sam. I'm trying to wield it. <laughs> we can't run from it. We can't hide from it. It is coming. So what I did was I went into ChatGPT and I said, dear ChatGPT, and then I deleted that because it's not a letter. It's just, it's, you know, it's an AI. Yeah. <laughs> Can you create a script for the Staying In podcast? Featuring Pete, Sam, Dan, and Chris. Okay. okay. And then it and it created this. And I've just emailed you the script. So I thought okay. we could play we this script the... out. Okay. I mean, the, yeah. So, um, so if we could all get that up in front of us. I mean, I will say spoilers. It's quite brief, but I think in a nutshell, host we've Pete. Got this, we've oh. got this in the back burner. It decided that Sam. I didn't specify that. Okay. Well, first of all, so, it says theme music plays. Clearly, clearly Pete's <laughs> yep. been spending a long time search optimizing this to the nth degree to make sure the internet knows that he is the host, <laughs> not us. So let's just read it as we see it on the screen. So, okay. but yeah, but before we do, I just, so did did Chris? Did you? Is that all the instruction you gave it? Just to, you didn't yep, say what the, all the instructions was. No, I didn't. That's all the instructions I gave it. Okay. Well, first we've got to come up with a theme tune because it says theme music plays. So let's do. Oh, we're staying in again. Perfect. Um, okay. <laughs> Host Pete speaks into the mic. Good. Welcome Good to start. the start. Good start. It's, I mean, <laughs> so that's you realize that's not the beat you're supposed to say. It probably it probably will take my job. At this point, uh, welcome to the Staying In podcast, where we talk about all the things we love to do indoors. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Sam, Dan and Chris, and today we're going to share some of our favourite hobbies and pastimes. Sam, why don't you start us off? Co-host Sam speaks up. Thanks, Pete. I'm really into photography, and I've been spending a lot of time practising and experimenting with different techniques. It's a great way to be creative and capture memories. For me, it's all about cooking. I love trying out new recipes and experimenting with different flavours and ingredients. It's a great way to unwind and also impress my friends and family with my culinary skills. Well, I'm a big fan of reading and I've been making an effort to read more books lately. There's nothing quite like getting lost in a great story and learning something new in the process. <laughs> Those are all great hobbies. Now, let's talk about some indoor activities we can do with friends or family. Chris, what's your favourite? Well, I love playing board games with friends and family. One of my favourites is Pandemic, where players work together to stop the spread of a deadly disease. It's challenging and also a lot of fun. I love having game nights with friends, and my go-to game is Codenames. It's a team-based game where players give clues to help their team guess the right words. It's always a blast. I'm a big fan of movie nights where we can all sit back and enjoy a great film together. My favourite movie to watch with friends is The Big Lebowski. It's hilarious and always gets a good laugh. <laughs> Those all sound like great ways to spend time with loved ones. Now, let's talk about something we can do on our own. Dan, what's your favourite solo activity? I 
love playing video games. There's nothing quite like getting lost in a great game and exploring a new world. My current favourite is uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. It's a beautifully crafted game with an amazing story. I love doing puzzles. It's a great way to relax and unwind while also challenging your brain. I recently completed a 1,000 piece puzzle of a beautiful landscape and it was so satisfying to finish. For me, it's all about listening to podcasts. There are so many great podcasts out there and I love learning new things and hearing different perspectives. My current favourite is the Reply All podcast. Those are all great suggestions. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back (laughs) soon with more ideas for staying in. Theme music plays. Oh, it's do-do-do, we're staying in. Well, look. Um, all right, it's, it's, it's human being Peter now um, speaking. So, uh, I mean, they got we're going off script, off script now. So this, Chris, is, Chris, I mean, can I just can I just check that what you didn't type in was, can you write me, me presenting an AI script <laughs> to the staying in podcast? <laughs> are we sure that this isn't? Are we off book now? Are we? I like, don't know. I just don't know. Oh, my God. Who are we? I just don't know. I I love the fact that Pete had no opinion on anything in that show. I just (laughs) realised. I mean, they they captured me to a T, didn't they? So, um, I mean, you know, they saw that... I mean, Chris, you you do... You have played with puzzles. You've done Jigsaw Jigsaw puzzles. Yeah, uh, which which is a beautiful landscape. Dan, you do like Red Dead Redemption. You did like it. I mean, I've, I've not really played Red Dead Redemption 2 and I've not seen The Big Lebowski, so... Well, let, let's, ig- I mean... let's ignore that. Um, Sam, <laughs> you have you have ears, so you can listen to I podcasts. Do. And, and I have uh, listened to the Reply All podcast and it is... Okay, there you Very go. good, yeah. So, this is all great. I, um, think, I think they hit the nail. I, I think they got us... I think they captured our voices very mm. well. Yeah. We often talk in very short staccato <laughs> sentences yeah. about things that we love. Yeah, it's always really this formal as well. Like and, that's and, li- yes. and no follow-up on anything. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoy that. Right, next. <laughs> no, that, 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 Simon, I think that's too much, too much follow-up there. Do you think that's how the one show does their scripts? Oh, abs- absolutely. <laughs> what with ChatGPT? Right, that was a, that was a, that was a really interesting um, uh, piece to camera there from Jon Snow about dementia. Right, now bees, they get drunk on their own honey. Here's Jeanette yeah. Cranky. <laughs> Tell us more. Jeanette Cranky. <laughs> but I think it's quite eerie that I, all I literally typed into ChatGP was, can you write a script for the Staying In podcast featuring and then our names. I didn't say anything about topics whatsoever. Great. It just did that. Great. I mean... Yeah, it's good. Maybe an AI will be listening to us talking about this right now when this has gone out and making even more content based on this. And then they'd be right. I do find that the whole thing somewhat worrying. Mm. I love it. They can take, take over my job. <laughs> you, try, you try it. There's one I came across the other day called Gamma, which does like presentations as well and things. Like I was, I was having, I was around at a mate's house the other day. Um, I was just showing him like, and he was like, oh, can you do a presentation on beers? And the other one said, and dogs. And I thought, okay. And it did this presentation on the merits and limitations of introducing beer to dogs. (laughs) 
and he just did that like in about 30 That's seconds. That's a presentation. Yeah. Um, obviously, he gets things wrong. And for me, it's the bits that get, it gets wrong that A, I enjoy because those glitches are kind of where artistry lies. Really interesting. A, I enjoy, so A dot I enjoy. Yeah, I got that as well. That I that I enjoy. Okay, okay, cool. you got to be careful. He's glitched, Sam. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, 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 he's seeping through. A, I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I enjoy. Mistakes. Chris enjoys this. Yeah. <laughs> Like a good human, I enjoy fallibility. Chris needs food. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, anyway, you're saying, Chris, you enjoy it? Uh, yes, I enjoy it. and um, But equally also, it tells me that, you know, they haven't quite yet passed the Turing test completely in my eyes. No, no. Um, at all. No. Good theme tune, though, mind. Great theme tune. Chris, you went on holiday recently. How did you travel? I travelled by plane. Okay, cool. Um, I I, I realise that this is a request in um, in retrospect, but um, when you were at the airport, because I know yes. you must have done a little wandering around. It's always great fun at an airport, popping into shops. Yep. Um, sunglasses hut, that kind of thing. Yep. See what, uh, see what sort of terrible right wing trash W. Smith W. H. Smith currently thinks of the top ten best selling books. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Well, well, it was it was W. H. Smith's I had in mind. Did did you go into a W. H. Smith's or a? I, or a... I did indeed. I buy I buy I buy my obligatory packet of fruit pastels. My <laughs> ears pop. Okay, cool. I mean, you're making yourself sound more like a robot by every passing minute, but I buy yeah. my fruit pastels. Must buy fruit pastels. Uh, anyway, I bought um, my fruit pastels and Lindo Laplante book. Um, when you were in WH Swiss, did you see any of the um, the puzzle books that they have on offer? And it will be puzzle oh, books. Yes. And it may come with a free pen, and it's usually got oh. a woman on the front cover who is slightly sexualized but not too much yes. to make someone maybe over the age of 60 get too excited um so yes. carol vorderman-esque rachel riley-esque um, something countdown. something where someone would say she is a handsome woman yes <laughs> yes there we go um yes so it's, it's usually these kinds of puzzle books about half an inch thick yes and yeah so like now like it's all Sudoku, crosswords words <laughs> yeah. yeah all this yeah. definitely Far longer than I, you need for the flight. Okay, good. I just wanted to check that it was still that it was still um, a thing. Um, so the reason why I bring this up is I've recently been getting back into the beauty and the joy of puzzle books. And, okay. Um, and by that I don't mean the. When were you last enamoured by the joy of puzzle books? Um, probably when I used to be at my grandparents' house. Like twenty years ago, my grandparents' house was okay. just adorned by these women just staring back at me when I was a kid, mm. and I used to basically flick through each pages, do the easiest. <laughs> do the... Like says like the house was a coven. <laughs> I used to do women just staring at you. I used to do the only clue in the crossword that I was intelligent enough to figure out at that age, and then just like flick to the next one, like, <laughs> and my grandpa would just come... or just stare at the front cover. <laughs> Yeah. What a handsome was, woman. 
Yeah, it was, it was probably my sexual awakening um, amongst those crosswords. Or puzzler. <laughs> yeah, a puzzler. Oh, my you get, word. You get a free pen. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> a deal and a woman. It's... <laughs> anyway. Oh, wow. right. Okay, okay. It's just gone off the rails about five times already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why the AI will never take over. Yes. Yeah, go on. Anyway, so I've been um, falling back in love with um, puzzle books and one very specific puzzle book. And that is a puzzle book called Lock. L O K. It's just called Lock. That's all it is. So this um, is from a. Um, uh, a Slovenian uh, chap named Blaž Gresar. And um, they are um, an artist, a musician, uh, a writer, and um, a filmmaker and a game designer. He lives by the sea with his partner, his daughter, two cats, a dog, and a turtle. And <laughs> he um, produced this book called Locke. So first thing to say is that just having a puzzle book in the house has been... A joy, like to have a physical thing um, on my bedside with a pencil and a rubber. And for me, having it there has been a godsend um, recently. It's been, you know, a really anxious time at work. And we've just started potty training our young son, and he's learned how to get out of bed for the first time. So, bedtimes <laughs> are becoming um, a chore. So, having it there has been wonderful because you you all know how much i like my daily puzzle games like not words yeah yep. and sagrada and i've recently been getting back into wordle as well which is actually quite good fun oh nice but the 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 tactility of actually having a puzzle book there a complete break from screen time and i sort of lay in bed and i've got my pencil and i'll be looking out the window and doing like a couple of puzzles every night and it's been it's been absolutely lovely but ultimately, you know, the, the puzzle still has to be, still has to be good. Like, because we, we can all just get one of those puzzle books, do a Sudoku, and then, and then be fine with life. But for me, the, the actual puzzle has to be good. Mm. And luckily, the puzzle of Inside Lock is, is incredible. And I think that you would all um, get something out of this like it is one of the best puzzle books i've ever i've ever mm. i've ever played with because really it's not really a puzzle book it's a book that teaches you a language you're not solving you're not solving puzzles per se you're actually learning a language which okay. when it first proposes it to you in this book you kind of think yeah whatever it's just a fancy way of like selling mm. a puzzle book but <laughs> the more i play it the more I'm convinced that it's a language learning tool and not a puzzle book. So how it works is, is that the main conceit of the puzzle is that you've got to fill out um, all the blocks on the page. So puzzles look a little bit like sort of like a uh, kind of a little bit like crossword puzzles, like basically just lots of different white blocks on the page. Mm set up in random random orientations and all you've got to do is find a way to shade in every single block so it starts off with the word lock to begin with l-o-k and when you shade in l-o-k 
you can then shade in another block in the puzzle. So if you imagine you've got four white blocks next to each other, LOK in the first three, three blocks, and then an empty white block, you shade in LOK. Right, now I can use the power, which is to shade in any one white, any one empty block. I can shade that in. You've completed the puzzle. Well done. You've learnt what the word lock does in this imaginary language. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on and you, and you learn the word talak, T-L-A-K. And what that does is that allows you to fill in two blocks, but they have to be adjacent to each other. And mm. so you do puzzles as they go along. <clears throat> and you start learning things like, right, the word lock has to be written all horizontally or all vertically. It can't like bend round a corner. Same with talak. And, you know, when you color in or blank out two boxes, that means that the two boxes either side of it are now adjacent to each other. So adjacent that so that's how adjacency works. So two letters which were split by five blocks at the start of the game can suddenly become adjacent by the end because you've blacked out certain boxes in in a certain way. Right. I'm getting the hang of it. Mm-hmm. And then you get to chapter three in the book. And this is why I've kind of ruined a little bit about what comes in the first two chapters. Because I think they're, you know, they're very light, very self-explanatory. But then chapter three begins. And this is what it says. It says, learn a new keyword in its effect. Trust the learning process. Look at multiple puzzles in a row if needed. Rely on the rule that you must always black out all cells in the grid. And that's it. So in the previous two chapters, it's been, this is the word lock, this is the word talak, and how it works. And on the third chapter, it's, learn a new keyword. Good luck. Bye. And when I first read that, I was absolutely flawed. I was flabbergasted. I was like, how on earth am I going to, am I going to do this? And when I finally solved it, that feeling of accomplishment was incredible. When I'd finally found out, I know a new word, and I know what it does when I can activate it. And the way I'd kind of describe it is, in chapter one, it's, it's when you're learning a new language in a classroom with a teacher and students, and you know, you're learning it, and you're able to break it down and learn how to use it in context. Chapter two is a bit like when you're using like a dictionary or Google Translate to translate something. You kind of got the grasp of it. You just need to, you know, get a sort of quick, oh, what's that word? Right, I understand it. I can use that in a sentence. Then from chapter three onwards with the book, it's like you're in the country and you're just and you're just watching and you're Mm. observing and you're trying to pick up what you can and put it into some sort of context to then learn this, this, the, the new words that you're hearing. And the, puzzle, and the puzzle books just grow and grow and grow on from there. And I'm not going to ruin anything else, any of the other surprises that the book has in offer. I, I got to a new chapter today and it is bonkers, but I absolutely love it. And the sense of satisfaction that comes from this book, I think, is it's even greater than just a simple, oh, I solved the crossword or I solved a Sudoku. because of that application of language and because you feel like you're 
and this is going to sound really pretentious, but it feels like you're almost having a conversation with the puzzle. To solve them, it's about unlocking the pattern that you have to go through. The same way that you would build a sentence to unlock a puzzle, you have to use words in a certain order in order to unlock them. Like, only once have I ever had to look up a solution to a puzzle. And it was it was a really weird feeling because I felt, basically, I felt like I'd solved the puzzle. And I was like, have I, have I done it right? Have I, I, I feel like I've done it. But, but I need to check that I did it all right. It, in the same way that when you're learning a new language, you'd say something and then you'd ask someone who was fluent in that language or a native speaker is, you know, have I got that all right? Have I, am I putting all the words in the, in the right order? And I looked to the back and I hadn't. So then uh-huh. I went through a process where I was learning again. Like I didn't feel like I'd let myself down by looking at a solution. Instead, I felt like, right, I need to learn from this and I need to internalize what I'm learning because I know this is going to become important later on down the line when I'm doing more complicated, complicated stuff. So it wasn't like I got a puzzle wrong. I just walked into a library and said, where do I pull my pants down rather than where can I find the thriller section? You know, it, it was, it, it was, it, it, it's a remarkable little, little puzzle book. It sounds to me, Sam, uh, that you found something of a sweet spot here between, say, something like a not word or a crossword, where it is mm. the only way that that can get harder is by just more words to cross or more words to untie. Mm. A sweet spot between that and also something like Journal 29, where it's yes. a different yeah. puzzle every few pages, was actually what you've got is something that is essentially mechanically what it sounds like the same puzzle but it's evolving and there's this kind of narrative that you're following through it um really akin to like um heaven's vault um that inkle yeah. game um say for example so that sounds that sounds really really interesting and you've just made me realize i've got a puzzle book at home of this sort that i've not touched yet which i'm going to get off the shelf on um when we finish this recording but the thing but the thing with journal 29 and other puzzle books I played of that of that ilk. Um, what was the other one that both me and you got through Kickstarter? That's um, the one I haven't yet played. Yeah, I started playing that and it was and it wasn't great. And right. I think what Locke has made me realise is that when you play a ge- when you play a game like Journal Twenty Nine, what you're actually trying to do, and this is sometimes what you know the the stumbling box for for like point and click adventures in the nineties or whatever is what you're really trying to do is not solve a puzzle. You're just trying to learn the language of the person who yep. who wrote it, who put the puzzle together. Yep. And the brilliant thing about Locke is you're all starting at the same point, which is learning the language to start with. Like there isn't already an established thing there which you don't know about. You might know the answer to the puzzle in journey, Journal 29, but you've just got to get it out in the right way in a in a in a way but you don't know the language that the designer had in mind so that it's difficult for you to interpret it that if that makes sense but where is it yeah. lock you're learning the language from scratch so there's yeah. so i don't feel any of that i don't feel any of the same struggles that i did with journal 29 and and this this um this other bad book that i can't that i can't really remember because i i i genuinely feel like the 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 learning curve is is so perfectly placed and i'm right there with the designer 
in terms of building this language and building this vocabulary and, and, and getting it onto the page? Okay, um, Pete, what's your beef? What? Um, what is your beef, Pete? Uh, as a vegetarian, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's basically just mushroom and wheat. Pretty much. Uh, at this point. Isn't it really? Yeah. Oh, Pete! Mm. Oh, Pete! This is this. Sorry, this is just some Android humour. Um, <laughs> I'm of course talking about the new Netflix series. <laughs> that is the new hotness. Well, it's a hotness. What? Beef. Have you heard is of it? beef? What? Have we... I've heard of beef. Well, I've I've seen it on a Netflix thumbnail. What were we watching? We watched. Um, oh, we watched the night agent and throughout mm. uh watching that we saw the the thumbnail for beef um sorry yeah. is it what 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 is this like this, right. is, is it an actual tv show it is a tv is it a series or? it's okay. a tv series fictional yeah on netflix but also but produced by or developed sorry i should say by a24 a24 oh uh, right okay why so does that name ring a bell it's a must watch for for chris there. Yes, so my Android SEO kind of searching has told me that like people who like <laughs> A anything A twenty four. A A24 <laughs> is gonna be something that is worth talking about. So Pete, they did, I'll reel off the list, they did Hereditary, they did Midsummer, mm. uh they did ah, The Green Knights. Okay. Yep. They yep. did everything everywhere all at once. Okay, right. So this is basically like Okay, so this is like my equivalent of um, Annapurna, or yes, yes, that's a very good shout. Yeah, yeah, they're basically like art. They're basically like art house cinema producers, but working in the mainstream. Somehow they've managed to find the that fine line between making um, big commercial, commercially successful films, but also still having some sort of um sort of foot in the in the uh cool. in, the, in the sort of art house genre you know the yeah. same way that you know studio ghibli get away with making really strange if you think about them um japanese anime films but they still manage to be commercially they accepted. do one for the audience and one for themselves one for the audience yeah. one for themselves mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it, it's a film company that is just as home in Sight and Sound magazine, as in Total Film. I don't get those references, but fair so enough. Sight and Sound is kind of like a, quite a, I don't know how you describe it. I used to read it at college. and Okay, no, that's all you need to say. That's all you need to say, you used to read it in college. That's, <laughs> right. That tells me everything or, that or, I need sorry, to know. Sorry, or my programmer told me I read it at college. <laughs> um, so Beef, I'm burying the lead here. So Beef is 10 episodes, each one a lean... Pause nice. for humour. Thirty-four nice. minute episode. Uh, Thirty-four minutes per ep. Usually, oh, you have you have got my attention. Go on. Exactly. So I, I've been able to binge it quite quickly, actually. Um, so very simple premise. Uh, you have Danny, who is a down on his luck truck driver, and Amy, a frustrated business owner, who one day these two people would never usually meet they mix in very different social circles meet they have an interaction and it's not a positive one um one of them is trying to reverse out of a parking bay another one stops behind 
they get into a bit of a feud where one is chasing down the other, the other one escapes, and that's pretty much episode one. And they try and one the other one try and tracks down the other to get back at them. And then you've got this strange back and forth of escalation of getting revenge back and forth on each other that just starts from this point, this this kind of point of conflict, uh, say. So it becomes this kind of petty dispute that just becomes increasingly more violent, but also quite funny. It's, it's, it's a dark comedy, this. And one of the reasons I want to talk about it is that typically... And maybe there's something in me that's a little bit perhaps immature, a little bit too idealistic. I don't like watching series where there's not one character in it that's likable. Okay, that's fair enough. I'm not very good in that foray. I'm not very good when everyone is just miserable or everyone is just very not very nice. That's not that's not what I want to watch really. And all the characters in this, they're not 100% likable. But they're also not 100% not likable. So human. And I think, I suppose, I, I do sound like an android now, trying to square the circle. Um, and so we watch them track each other down, saying, okay, I've got your number plate here. I know a guy who can help me find your number plate. So, you know, this escalation back and forth, um, you know, Danny, the character um, um, played by Stephen Yoon, um, he urinates on the bathroom floor of Amy. Amy gets back at him by writing, I am poor, painting it on his van. I am poor on his truck, sorry. And what actually is the key thing about Beef is not this feud. The feud is just a catalyst. Actually, what's interesting is how, because these two lives are thrown together by chance, it's how the people around them that orbit them also get thrown into this and mm. start to collide and interact with people on either sides so you've got amy who's this business owner who's just about to sell her company for 10 million quid and you've got danny who's this as i said a down on his luck um contractor who's not adverse to stealing stuff just to make ends meet how the two of them it's not that one is better than the other but it's really interesting that like the people that surround them are also just as interesting. So Danny has a younger brother who is just a bit of a slacker, but he's much more hench than Danny. He's younger. He seems cooler. He plays video games. He's investing in cryptocurrency. Um, Amy has a husband who just seems on paper perfect. He's a handsome man. Uh, stay-at-home father, very keen and very, you know, very optimistic, very idealistic. But it shows you that Danny's younger brother's, like, laziness and ego is just as frustrating and problematic as, you know, as the kind of smothering of Amy's husband's just care and support regardless. And it's, it's really fascinating to watch. And... It is darkly comic in a very delicious way. And I'm just hooked. I'm just very much hooked on seeing where this is escalating. I'm halfway through the series now. Um, but what, what, becomes, what comes across very patently, obviously, is that this is not what I thought it would be, which is just, you know, a, a kind of a scandalous toing and froing of people getting revenge yeah. on each other. And it just escalates like man each versus episode. B. Yeah, it's definitely not man versus B at all. And... <laughs> You know, so this is this comes from sorry, I should say, Lee Sung Jin. And what I really like about this series as a whole 
is that even though the episodes are really lean, the camera just lingers with characters for a little bit longer than necessary. And you realize that actually even the characters that seem to have all this front and this bravado and on the face of it, first impressions, they're not very nice or they are very nice. The camera lingers a little bit longer when they're on their own and you're, you're allowed to have lasting impressions of them where you see that mask slip hmm. and you realize that actually everyone is just a little bit broken and everyone is just trying to make their way through the world. And yes, it's, it, 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 it's got me in a manner that I perhaps wouldn't usually be interested in whatsoever. And yes, Sam, maybe cynically it is because it's got A24's name slapped on it. Maybe it is because people are raving about it, good or bad, whatever. But I, I am glad that it's, it's, it's hooked its claws into me in, in some way, mm. shape or form, really. And it is worth a watch, I think, genuinely so. I like, I like those, um, those series, those books, anything really that, um, especially stuff like that where, you know, as you were saying, Chris, you've got the central conceit of these two people who are in this sort of cycle of escalating um, uh, retribution against each other. But actually what the series is about is the, is the consequences of, of those actions rather than delighting in the, in the case yeah. of the retribution. It's kind of the thing that Last of Us Part Two doesn't really handle with very well. It kind of gets very caught up in the 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 nastiness and the escalation of this cycle of retribution between Ellie and Abby, but it doesn't really address much of the what the consequences of of those actions are. Um strangely Lisa and I have been watching a series which actually sounds quite similar in a way and I would thoroughly recommend it to both of you because I think both of you would absolutely get something from it and that's Mr. Inbetween. Hmm. Oh, right. Disney Plus. And I mean, it, it was released in... It's only three seasons of it. The, the episodes are even shorter, Chris. They're only 25 minutes. And, and it was released in 2018. So... There will be no hype about it. It's really sort of, you know, in between the layers of of everything that's that's come out come out since then. Really, really buried buried down. I only heard it because I heard a a TV reviewer speaking about it, and we thought, oh, we'll just we'll just give it we'll just give it a try. And it is a it's a remarkable sort of drama comedy series in the same way that. You know, I would say like something like The Wire is a is a drama and comedy series. In in mm. in, and by that I mean like the humor comes from just genuine human interaction. Like the humor just comes from real yeah. life. Like yeah. there are moments in it that are funny and hilarious, um, but it it never feels like they're manufactured situations to get laughter out of. They're just you know funny things happen to all of us in life but there just happens to be a camera there that that catches it but the main conceit of the show is that you have this um the the character of mr in between and he's an assassin and he's a, a gun for hire for nefarious criminal people in in australia <clears throat> but what you also get to see is like the fact that he's divorced and he's got a child he's got a brother who's suffering with MS. He's trying to date and find love and have a lasting, meaningful relationship, 
but also he's going out into the middle of the outback and murdering people and forcing them to dig their own dig their own graves and there's a it, it does a remarkable job of the same with beef in a way of taking a central conceit that might be something that makes up a whole like if you think about like sopranos or or whatever that's sopranos is probably a bad example but if you think of like any sort of generic show where it would just be all about his criminal life and that would just be the focus of it. The yeah. fact that mm-hmm. it deals with actually what the consequences that are and everything else he's dealing with it and what he brings to every situation. The fact that you see him like there's a wonderful episode where he's <laughs> he's speaking to his daughter and his daughter's asking him all the ex- existential questions like, you know, is the tooth fairy real? And he's like, no. And he goes, is Father Christmas real? And he's like, no. Um, is Jesus real? And he's like, no. Is the devil real? No. And like, like the acting in it is just superb. Like you, you, you see it in his face that like all the hope and joy and innocence is like drifting from her as he's mm. like trying to be realistic. And then she says, like, are unicorns real? And he's like, well, yeah, unicorns are real. I saw one once. <laughs> and then two episodes later. Like he has a confrontation with his with his ex wife about you know why did you tell her that unicorns are real and tell her all of this is all of these things are not real and then you've got to juxtapose that with when he's then cutting up a body of a guy in a garage to try and dispose of him and it's like the the wild swings of 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 tempo and of tone in this show yeah. like. At some points, you're almost brought to tears, and then the next point, you're howling with laughter, and the next point, you're sitting on the edge of your seat because he's in a life and death situation, or you can't, or you're disagreeing with what he does because he had these has these moments of heartfelt like connection with his partner or his brother or his daughter, and then, as I said, he's forcing a man to bury himself before he's going to assassinate him because that's just mm. the way he brings in money. Like it, it is a yeah, it's a remarkable, remarkable show. Like, I, I, it sounds to me like it shares a lot of its um, DNA from what you're saying in in kind of beef. Like, it's got a its focus on character and yeah, using those characters to tell that story um, rather than just relying on a central conceit of escalating violence. Um, Mister in between Disney Plus. There we go. Sheep Farmer's Daughter by Elizabeth Moon. Uh, the Adventures of Sally by P.G. Woodhouse. Murder at Crime Manor by Fergus Craig. Excellent. Uh, Dare Ascension by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Picture of Dorian Gray, Lord of the Flies. Trials of Rumpole. And more besides. These are a few of my favourite things. These are all audiobooks that I have read while playing the ultimate audiobook game. The ultimate... Or, now, hang on. The before you, ultimate. Before you, before you ex- explain what this game is, Pete, can we have a few honourable mentions? Because you've spoken about a few audiobook games Absolutely. that have been your jam. Audiobook games. So I've kept a list. Oh, my word, Oh, Sam. okay. Here we go. Well, Sam, you can... As, uh, as the chief, chief archivist of the podcast. Um, games to read to. Stardew Valley. Perfect. 
Truck Driver. Yep. Lonely Mountain Downhill and Gran Turismo 7. Brilliant. All wow. of these, fantastic. But, but all of these pale in comparison. No, to the these are also. Game. No, 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 no. These are all also perfect. These are all perfect audiobook games. And I'm telling you, Power Wash Simulator is, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, it, it joins the lofty Power heights. Wash Simulator. So I... Right, okay. What is this? I think we all need to take a step back for a moment and put this game in its rightful place. And that is to... When, when you hear somebody's been playing Power Wash Simulator... You think to yep. yourself, this feels like a joke game. This feels like the game that was built for, you know, Square it's a Enix. bit like Surgeon Simulate. Right. The, you know, you feel like, oh, Surgeon Simulator. It's probably a silly game, right? No, I, I, actually, I don't, I, I come at it from a different point of view of that. I don't believe it's a joke game. I, I feel like it's probably very, very good. I feel my, my problem with Power Wash Simulator mm. is playing it mm. and then my significant other coming into the room and going, um, it's a bit of a mess in here. Why aren't you tidied? Me having to then explain, yeah, but I'm trying to clean this virtual car. Um, yeah. You're yeah. not going to give me XP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, you've already got the excuses you need. Um, so it's the opposite the, of Splatoon? Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, <laughs> or vis- viscera cleanup detail, uh, I suppose, is kind of the closest thing. Um, so, so, I went into this kind of, uh, I, I heard about it, it got announced, and I was like, okay, well, I don't know whether or not this would be my cup of tea. And it was kind of, it was during that phase, there was another game that came out ra- around this time, which I'm now very interested in playing, which is the Lawnmower Simulation game as well. Uh, I'm very much up for giving that one a go. Um, <laughs> but the reason that I picked Power Wash Simulator first is because this is from, uh, it's published by Square Enix. And Square Enix do not muck around. Square Enix referred to Tomb Raider. <laughs> this is true. They referred to Tomb Raider's sales as, quote-unquote, disappointing. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, that's so why they got rid of it. Yeah, that's why they got rid of it. So if they're going to back a horse, uh, you can probably be pretty you better confident. make them some money. Yeah, exactly. And believe you me, this game has made them money. Um, so there's, a, there's a, a thing you can do. Um, if you go and look at any reviews on Steam, look at player reviews on Steam, if you times the number of total reviews on Steam by about 50, you get a rough ballpark of how many copies that thing has sold. Uh, it has sold a lot just on, just on Steam. I mean, it um, does look really satisfying. And that's the reason. So the core thing here, and I, I, I'm a genuine believer in this, a lot of the really popular simulation games fall into one of three categories. One, the silly, streamable, you know, things like Iron Simulator. Yeah, like, you know, these kinds of like silly simulation games, right? Things that streamers play, they go, wow, this is so crazy. And then like nobody ever plays it, right? Uh, other than them. Um, then, uh, or maybe it gets picked up because it's a kind of joke game, right? Um, the second one is that they are genuinely serious simulations. So these are your flight simulation games, your uh, Gran Turismo's, your um, Euro Truck simulators, the things that are trying to very, very deliberately simulate a real yeah. world activity, right? Yeah. 
And then they, there are the third wave. And this is, this is a sort of slightly untapped potential, I think, because I don't think many developers are actually thinking about this stuff. And that is the simulation game that is either wholesome or satisfying in some way. And Power Wash Simulator falls directly into that camp. It is extremely satisfying. But I would, I would also say the other reason I wanted to pick this up, because you know, all of these things are kind of gesturing towards this being an interesting thing to go and look at. The other one is that if you've been playing PlayStation games for a while, you might remember a series called Velocity that was made by a company called Future Lab. Um, and they have been this indie for a really long time. They are a, like an amazing success story that had its ups and downs, but really, really found its footing with velocity. And like they were kind of like, people were really starting to like them. And then they came out with this power simulation game. Um, and everyone was like, why have you gone off in this weird direction? Uh, and I know why. It's because they had an absolute gangbuster of an idea. Um, so it's clearly done extremely well for them. So, what are you doing it? You are <laughs> a power wash simulator. You know, you're a power wash person, right? Because I mean, that's it, right? So you own you own yeah. a business power washing things. So people is that send a genu- me- is that it's that that's like that's I know I, I know around here in Britain and especially where I live, there's there's people who power wash driveways. Yeah, oh my, so I've never all never, the time. Yeah, I've never seen anyone like specifically to be a business that power washes i'll power wash every anything anything um uh, okay I'll, I'll i'll put it in front of my culture k3 and power wash the heck out of it no i was about to say pete is this why is this is, is yeah. this why you've you've you sent us a picture today of your treasure yeah. trove of goodies to do your decking outside yeah so this game has inspired real life right so assassin's creed i went and Went to Rome to go and visit, wander around Rome. Climbed when Tony Hawk came out, I picked up skateboarding. Uh, I've now bought a power washer, right? Because uh, it was so satisfying to play Power Wash Simulator that I've actually gone and bought a power washer. So there are businesses, yes, that that will that will power wash stuff for you because they're not cheap, right? These things aren't aren't cheap, but the work itself is relatively sure. quick doing power washing, right? Um, so basically you play one of these people so think PC building simulator again another game that was kind of like lampooned a little bit at the time of like why on earth would you build a PC if you can't play games on it well because it's satisfying and it's interesting to see how things work right Um, cooking simulator why would you play a cooking game if you can't eat the food Um, so so Basically, you have this power wash business, so it's clearly not really a fantasy fulfillment, right? Like, it's just a manual labor sort of sort of a job thing. But the idea is you get these emails, and uh, they say, come and power wash my driveway, or come and power wash this car, or come and power wash this entire house, or towards the end of the game, come and power wash the Mars rover, come and power wash uh, old Mother Hubbard's uh, shoe house. Or, so you've completed this game? Uh, so no, I haven't. Um, but I've seen I've seen screenshots further. I actually have gone to Mother Hubbard's uh, uh, boots and, and 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 power washed the heck out of that boot. Let me tell you. Um, but I've seen <laughs> on the main menu. What a mess! I know. What a and mess! Also, and also, like this, that's got to be proof of water on Mars. If the Mars rover's got mud on it, absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah, like 
so there's a, a career mode where you're you're basically you're given these jobs, you get money for these jobs, and you can buy better equipment. Straightforward. Then there are like there's another mode which is these kind of like special one-off jobs, and uh, because they are published by Square Enix. Uh, on PlayStation, the free DLC that you get, and by the way, this is on everything. It's on Switch, PlayStation, yeah. Xbox. Um, uh, the d- free DLC that you get is uh, the bike from Final Fantasy VII, so Cloud's bike, I think, from Final Fantasy VII, and one for you, Chris, uh, Croft Manor. I mean, th- those are very different scales. Aren't they? So you can go and power wash Croft, uh, Croft Manor. I mean, I don't know. So, so that seems to be how that game is going to start moving forward. Basically, tie-ins, right? So you're going to be able to power wash your way through who knows what else is coming, <laughs> coming down the line. Um, so, and then there's a third mode, which is like a challenge mode. So like um, complete washing the car in the fastest time or using the minimum amount of water oh my god this is what this is where the simulator part of it comes in oh yeah yeah so so the actual simulation side of things is really wonderful in that when you you know i'm sh- it looks brilliant on ps4 i'm playing this on ps4 i sh- i am sure it will look brilliant on playstation 5 um as you bring a sort of blade of water over a dirty surface and slowly, satisfyingly run this power washer over this, 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 over this surface of like a muddy brick. It cleans it off with a really satisfying, like gets rid of the mud, but it's now like, it's now like slick with water and it you know, drips a little bit and all that sort of stuff. And you can see it cleaning it. It's just so satisfying to just, you know, go through yeah. this gunk and gunge, right? Um, now there is a quote unquote story, uh, but it's really just <laughs> it, it really is like the most like, you know, lightweight, hey, we've got a job for you. Here you go, here's the thing. And there are little jokes here and there, so they will send you updates. And it's surprisingly well written for what it needs to certainly for what it needs to do. But the best thing about it is headphones on, mm. pop an audiobook on, and you just you just spend Half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, going through. And I'm just cleaning the fire station, listening to my tunes or listening to my audiobook. Stripping all the paint off the engine. Stripping all the paint off the engine. Wasting all their water. Um, but, like, <laughs> it's... Inc- because the thing never changes, right? Like, sometimes you'll need to make sure you're using the right... Um, funnel so it's like really pressure like high pressure to get rid of really stubborn bits that's really really focused because it's all kind of the same stuff you just turn the brain off and now like because you know you're doing this kind of rote right you're do- you're trying to find the most efficient ways of cleaning as much as you possibly can and that's quite satisfying mechanically satisfying and again you'd get that little ding of like you've cleaned this entire surface thumbs up here's here's some here's some xp right the Mm. and then you get that big dopamine hit of completing an entire job you go from this is filthy to look at what i've now done and while you're doing all of this there's a hose pipe ban (laughs) you're while you're doing all of this you are listening to audiobooks podcasts music you know Mm. listening to lecture series all that whatever it is that you feel like doing 
you, you, you can give your brain the time and space to actually do those things because the actual action itself is relatively laid back. It is the perfect audiobook for game for this. So two things. Um, I've been doing this recently with uh, a game called Dorf Romantique. Yep. Oh, yes. Um, which is one game that I've actually bought twice. I bought it for the Switch and I've just bought it for my Steam Deck as well. And you nearly because... bought the board game. And I nearly bought the board game, and I mean, you know, put put, you know, I I don't think you'd have to twist my arm. We'll, we'll check back in six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you have to twist my arm too much to to actually get it. Um, but the reason why I've brought that I've bought that on two platforms is the 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 Switch or the Steam Deck come everywhere with me, and Dorf Romantic is one of those games exactly like Pete was saying where the the central the central task is so um simple and so um easy that it's really it's like you know when you've got 20 minutes where yep. you just want to do something or play something just just to pass a bit of the time or you're feeling a bit like overwhelmed at work and you don't really want to play mario plus rabbit sparks of hope yeah. again yeah. um so it's so it's just something to just pass the time. Mm. And Dorf Romantique is a wonderful, um, uh, wonderful expression of that, of that, where it's just a, the, the, the actual game per se is basically, it's just, it's just a high score runner. Like mm -hmm. you are just placing down tiles, rotating them and trying to match tiles with other tiles so building like a big forest or matching house tiles with other sort of urban tiles or trying to get a river to snake through this location and you end up um at the end of the game building these little and wonderful landscapes and the more sort of combos and scores that you can put together the longer your run and the, the longer your high score because you only have a limited amount of tiles. I think you only start off with seven, 70 tiles and the more sort of links in the chain that you can put together, you get rewarded with more tiles. So what you're trying to do is basically just keep keep on building, keep on building all the time, all the time, all the time. But what's brilliant about Dorf Romantique is you'll get to the end where it'd be like, oh, well, doesn't matter. You've run out of tiles. Here's your high score. Do you want to go into custom mode and be like, okay. And in custom mode, what you can do is you can basically like take out any tiles and put in new ones that perfectly fit what it was that you're trying to create. So you can go back into this thing that you were doing nice. and actually like perfect the landscape that you were, <laughs> that cool. you were trying to put together. If you had access to all of the tiles at any time in your pile. And yeah, so Pete, what you were saying with that like power wash simulator, I've just added it to um, my uh, Steam wish list because it sounds like the uh, a wonderful little addition to um, to you... my Steam Deck. Did I mention I've got a Steam oh, Deck? Oh, you didn't actually, Sam. Sorry. Oh, you you've you you might have said something about it. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, I missed that between reboots. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, but but, uh, just to just to say what I was going to say in addition to that, is that do I get this on Steam and have it on my Steam Deck or do I get it on PlayStation so we can play co-op? And that is, the, that is the final piece of this puzzle. Okay, so this game also has 
multiplayer. And there's one if there's one thing I think is uh, really good about games that are audiobook games that also have multiplayer, it's that they are the perfect hanging yes. out, yes. chatting, not oh, we've really giving a toss about the game, but kind of just hanging out playing games, right? We've got to they do this. They are perfect for this because, yeah. yes, because- you can go through every... My understanding is you can go through all of the career mode or at least all of the challenges in the career mode with a group of, I want to say, up to four? Six. Six? Six. Maybe, yep. So you can go... So it's a lot. And the point is, all you're doing, all you're doing, same stuff. So you're just hanging out, chatting, shooting the breeze, and shooting high-powered water <laughs> at surfaces to clean them for uh, clients. I um, love this. I just on the PlayStation website for the game. A satisfying clean em up where the stress is low and the water pressure is high. <laughs> <laughs> and I think genuinely, like it is a game that I think people will just dismiss and write off because it sounds like it's a joke game. But I seriously like again, like I say, I have got through book after book after book by playing this game because there is something really wonderful about a game that demands an amount of your time and attention but never requires that you sit with it and play it all in one session it's not a game that you'll be like i really want to get to the end of this this thing i really want to finish the career mode right at some point i'll finish the career mode right great yeah and i'll be and i'll be sad (laughs) because i'll be like oh there's no more to do i guess i'll go back right but the, the, the joy of it is, for me, is having it on the hard drive, having it that I can just boot it up, jump in, and muck around for half an hour, 45, 45 minutes. Where was I? Oh, yeah, I was cleaning my bell. Fantastic. I will, uh, I will finish that off today. That'll take me 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I'll move on to some windows. Brilliant. Uh, let's get these surfaces polished, and now we're done. And then go off and play something else. It, yeah. It, it's absolutely brilliant. So, um, I I just went on to ChatGP. Okay. Oh God. And I said, "Can you write a slogan for the Staying mm. In Podcast Power Washing Company?" I've not read them. <laughs> it says, "Sure. Here are a few options." Okay. Okay. Wash away the dirt. Stay inside and listen. Oh. Okay. I mean. Not bad. Um, this I feel like weirder. power washing inside is dangerous, but go on. Cleanliness is next to podcastness. Mm. Uh, there's only five of these. <laughs> Let us power wash okay. while you power up your favourite podcast. Oh. A clean home and a great podcast. What more could you want? And lastly, okay. a clean stay, podcast. Stay in and let us power wash your worries away. <laughs> Oh, I like that. That, That's great. So, listener, if we've power washed your worries away, (laughs) (laughs) let us know. 60 minutes or so. Yes, indeed. Let Let us know know. via stayinginpod.gmail.com or via Twitter. Just. just be- yeah, just before just before we do all the email and stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because 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 we've because we've 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 long since battled with a way to end the show. At mm-hmm. the moment, we're kind of like yeah, yeah, all right then. But can 
AI solve this problem for us, Chris? So what I want you to do is while me and Pete are doing all the yeah. emails and Twitter yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that kind of stuff, I want you to get chat gpt to um give us the best sign off for uh a a a podcast now it's probably just going to say thank you and goodbye so anything that you can put in the in the request to make it bespoke to to us would be would be great anyway so pete you're saying the email address uh gmail.com uh if we've power washed away the pressure or whatever it is that we said that yeah. we would do. Um, you can also let us know on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're on all of those things. Just search for Staying In Pod or Staying In Podcast. Uh, www.stayinginpodcast.com. We have a website and everything. Uh, this is where you can point people towards. Uh, if you're like, hey, I listen to this thing. This is where you can find it. Uh, that's where it is. Steam. Steam is a wash. With our it, recommendations, it really uh, and so is. is Board Game Geek. Um, to find them, you just need to sign up to our curated pages on Steam and uh, Board Game Geek, and on yep. there you'll find um, the games that we've spoken about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I particularly like the ones on Steam because it has the game. Then I have like a little quote from the show, yep. which kind of contextualised, you know, what we kind of liked about it, what the game was doing different. So and it's a really good and... way. You know, yeah. you can go back and like listen. You can be like, "Oh, I I know I like that game. I wonder what the lads thought about it." Uh, and you can <laughs> uh, you can go see what that is, um, see whether or not you agree. Um, and and there's also um, on Spotify a deluge of yep. tracks um, put together by our resident in-house DJ uh, KD. Um, nice, uh, our own KD Slider. Um, he's put together some um, tracks on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, three playlists there. So if we've, um, I don't think, I don't think we've done it this episode, have we? Maybe some Dorf Romantic stuff can go on there for good chat because we've mentioned yeah. that. But but anything that we've kind of mentioned on the show that has a soundtrack, Chris puts them into one of three specific playlists. So depending on your mood, you can kind of get down. Um, maybe while you're power washing to some nice. of those music as well. Nice. Details are in the show notes. It's the easiest way to find it. Yep. It's a bit convoluted otherwise. Yeah. And that's so Chris, pretty much everything. That's that's it. That's all I've got. Well, usually at this point we'd be saying like, all right then, no. we'll see you next time. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, but instead yeah. we're going to have an AI and Chris, which may or may not be the same thing, um, send us off. <laughs> Until next time, stay cosy. And stay in. <laughs> yeah. Good. I mean, there we are. There we are. Yeah. yeah. That's all right then. That's all right, all right then. then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>